The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine, and today's show is coming to you on Thursday as we get ready for tonight's third preseason game against the Cincinnati Bengals, the the team that seems to be collecting former New York Giants like they're going out of style. And uh, here to help us uh, help us learn a little bit about the Bengals is Anthony Cosenza of SB Nation's Cincy Jungle. Anthony, thanks for uh, spending a few minutes. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Ed. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, are you trying to import the uh, the entire uh, Giants roster? Well, I, I am not. It's not my choice. Um, but yeah. <laughs> It seems, uh, you know, it, it's weird. You and I, when we've talked off air via email and all that kind of stuff, it's it kind of jogged my memory a bit as to how many connections both of these teams actually share. Um, now that Kevin Zeitler's on the on the Giants, he was originally drafted by the Bengals, and then of course you're referencing some players that the Bengals have picked up on the uh, the scrap heap uh, in the form of John Jerry and Bobby Hart. And then Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, was once the secondary coach for the Giants. So uh, connections galore for two teams that don't really see each other very often. That is true. And, you know, we did a five questions, and and I kind of twisted the knife just a little bit with with my very first question. And I'll ask it again. How in the world did the Bengals wind up with John Jerry and Bobby Hart starting on their offensive line? In a word, it's desperation, uh, to be quite honest with you. I mean, it's uh, the Cincinnati Bengals had, uh, when you go back to the 2017 offseason, um, you know, they had a great year in 2015. They uh, they stumbled against the Steelers in the wild card game. From there, 2016 was a bit of a disaster and a disappointment, probably a hangover from that. And then all of a sudden, a lot of Really, in the 2016 offseason and the 2017 offseason, a lot of those talented players they had accumulated over the years left. And two of them were on the offensive offensive line. One of them, of course, is Andrew Whitworth, who may be paving a Hall of Fame career for himself. He's now with the Rams after a great career with the Bengals. 
and Kevin Zeitler, who uh, went to the division rival Browns first and then now is with the Giants. So really, since those two departures, the Bengals have had uh, have really tried to, you know, play musical chairs up front, if you will. And guys like Bobby Hart, guys like John Jerry uh, have been brought into the fold over the past couple of off seasons. Um, you know, I think I think there's a comfort level when you go to John Jerry. There's a comfort level with this staff because Jim Turner is now the Bengals offensive line coach. He's, uh, you know, kind of an infamous character in the NFL because of the bully gate thing that was happening with the Dolphins. John Jerry was part of that. But obviously those two have familiarity with each other and are comfortable with each other. And then, um, you know, Bobby Hart was kind of a, a necessity type of move, I guess, for the Bengals. They see something there that they really like, not only because he started 16 games on a prove-it deal last year, but they brought him back on a really lucrative three-year contract this year. Now, it is a bit more team-friendly than some of the numbers that were originally put out there, but he is really one of the only guys on the offensive line currently that is not being challenged for his starting spot. So... Very interesting. Um, you know, really, these moves are kind of out of desperation. The Bengals did invest a couple of, of high-round draft picks in their offensive line the past two years. But as of yet, uh, those two picks are, are not really showing too much so far. Well, well, good luck with that. Just just good luck with Bobby. <laughs> good luck with Bobby and, and, and John Jerry and, and, and whatever else you've got on that offensive line. Hey, I need to ask you... This is the first time in in, in what you know a, a couple hundred years that uh, that the Bengals haven't been coached by Marvin Lewis. I mean, how does how does how different is it not to, not having Marvin Lewis uh, running the show in in Cincinnati? Yeah, for close sixteen years, um, so a, a little different. And you know, it, what what happened towards the end of Marvin Lewis's tenure it's uh I I use the term rigid everything was very rigid he was a guy that was pretty set in his ways ironically this is a team that really invests heavily in the NFL draft they would bring in a lot of picks they would bring in a lot of rookies and then Marvin Lewis would play favorites towards the veterans and not really let these guys get playing time these young guys get playing time develop all of that so then, you know, the bust factor kind of sets in on some of these guys and, you know, the team kind of started to downward spiral after that 2015 season that I mentioned because Marvin Lewis was kind of set in his ways. Now, I want to give Marvin Lewis a lot of credit because if anybody remembers the Cincinnati Bengals from basically 92 or 1992 to 93 all the way up to 2002 before Marvin Lewis got there, this was one of the worst organizations in all of sports, not just football. Um, and so Marvin Lewis really kind of deserves a lot of credit for dragging this team out of the depths of despair and really making them competitive. He had seven playoff berths in those 16 seasons. Unfortunately, no playoff wins. But in terms of how things feel right now, there's a lot of similarities because when when Marvin Lewis came in in 2003, he was kind of the unproven guy, the coordinator that was a hot name on the market and he kind of breathed life in, back into the Bengals. Now, unfortunately, things didn't work out with him. You've got this other young guy who was kind of a hot name on the market as a coordinator, unproven as a, as a head coach, and he has kind of done the same. The, the approaches are a little different, Marvin Lewis being a defensive guy, Zach Taylor now being an offensive-minded guy. 
Um, so I think the players are excited. They've said the right things. Um, the on-field product through two games has been a little bit hit and miss, but I think they've also missed a lot of star players. So um, as of now, it's refreshing. There's a lot to like, but um, there there's a lot of reason for pause. Zach Taylor, as I mentioned, has never been an NFL head coach. The offensive coordinator has never uh, never been a true offensive coordinator, and uh, Lou Anarumo, as I mentioned, has never been an NFL defensive coordinator outside of an interim stint. It's just interesting. I know everyone is trying to uh, to sort of em- emulate the whole Sean McVay model, a- and I'm curious. I mean, is Zach Taylor just coaching the offense and investing himself in in that, or? Is he trying to be a guy that's that's coaching the whole team, that's invested on the defensive side? You know, it, because I, I'm always curious about this. Well, we hired a defensive guy, so we'll just put the offense over here and let the offensive coaches run it. Or we hired an offensive guy, and then we'll hire a big old, you know, big name defensive coordinator, and that's just his job, you know, and we won't worry about it. You know, kind of like what the Arizona Cardinals are doing with Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, Cliff Kingberry's job is to coach Kyler Murray, period. Everybody else coaches everything else. So I'm just kind of curious what that dynamic is like for you guys in Cincinnati. Well, you've had you had some players this offseason, some players on offense say it's, it's been refreshing to see the, the emphasis on the offense under Zach Taylor as opposed to what it was under Marvin Lewis in terms of how the practices are structured and, and the terminology and all that kind of stuff that comes with that. But, um, you know, I, I think obviously Zach Taylor is invested in the defense, uh, to say that he is not is just, you know, that would be an indictment of him as a, as a head coach candidate or a head coach of the, of the team. I think, unfortunately things didn't work out for Zach Taylor in the coaching search where he, I think he wanted a real veteran tested, a guy who's been in the league um, type of coach to coach the defense so he can really kind of say, you know what, this is your baby. You kind of take care of that. I'm going to run, you know, overall the team, but mostly the offense. He looked at guys like Jack Del Rio. He looked at guys like Dom Capers who have been in the league forever. Those things didn't work out. So I think now he has to be more invested in the defense than he probably initially anticipated because Anna Rumo is inexperienced to an extent at that position. But I mean, I think as you look at it, yes, the Bengals brought him in for his offensive prowess. Yes. The Bengals have some exciting weapons on offense. AJ green went healthy, Joe Mixon. Um, they think they can still win with Andy Dalton. Opinions are mixed in general over that one. Um, so they think they have enough to, to do some things on offense. They needed the right mind, a new approach, a, a young guy that can kind of resonate with some of these veterans and um, you know I think that they they felt that Taylor was the right move and and Taylor is the guy that can create an offense I think he's going to take a lot from what LA did in terms of the play action stuff the rollouts and all that kind of kind of stuff but he is going to put his own spin on it and he has made it known that he will play to the strengths of what the Bengals have on offense in, in terms of uh, the skill position players and every everybody else that I just mentioned there so uh, to answer your question, I mean, I think the offense is definitely going to be the focus, but I think he is a bit more invested initially in the defensive side of the ball than he probably initially anticipated because of the inexperience overall on the staff. 
All right, Anthony, let's take a quick break here for a word from our SB Nation sponsors. We'll come back, and I kind of want to talk to you specifically about the about the game on Thursday night and maybe how the Bengals are going to approach that. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Giants fans, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. I'm your host, Ed Valentine, and I'm joined by Anthony Cosenza of SB Nation Cincy Jungle as we talk about Thursday night's Giants-Bengals game. So, so Anthony, this is the third preseason game. For the Giants, they usually play the Jets in the third preseason game. There's usually kind of a, a buildup because it's the Jets, but it's weird this year for the Giants, the Bengals are the only team on their preseason schedule that the Giants don't have a regular season game scheduled against. So I think that's why Pat Shermer wanted this one as the third preseason game. It's usually considered the, the quote-unquote dress rehearsal game, but preseason's been kind of weird this year for everybody. How are the Bengals approaching this game? Should we expect to see a healthy amount or a healthy dose of, of their starting players? Honestly, probably not. Um, I, you know, usually the traditional blueprint has always been, you know, they play about a half or so, uh, really get the snaps, really get, get all of that. This team has, this Bengals team has really preached all off season, the quote unquote, if we're healthy, if we're healthy, we can do things. If we're healthy, if the, if we stay healthy, this team can make a playoff push. And they really believe that. Last year, this team was hit with an insane amount of injuries to very important players. Andy Dalton, A.J. Green both landed on injured reserve. Joe Mixon missed a couple of games. All kinds of players all over the roster ended up on injured reserve. So they And they still had six wins last year. So they felt that if they stayed healthy, if they do stay healthy, they will make some noise this year, despite a lot of pundits thinking they're not going to be very good this year. Um, so I think in that they, they've played it real safe with a lot of injuries that have occurred throughout spring mini camps and throughout training camp. Guys are getting limited time. Their starters. Um, I, I actually think they've gotten more snaps than they had anticipated originally because the team has had so many penalties at the onset of, of the game that uh, it's caused them to take more snaps. So um, I, I think, you know, in terms of starters, quote-unquote starters, because they're probably going to still be a lot of them out of the lineup. 
I think in terms of starters, you'll probably see maybe a quarter or at most a quarter of a, and a half. Um, I, I just think the Bengals are going to play it real cautious in terms of, you know, their starters, who they have injured. They want to try and get as many guys ready to go week one against Seattle as they can. But you'll see some of them. Have the Bengals done any of those you know, preseason workouts against, uh, against any of the, the teams they play in the preseason? So they, that's a good question. You're putting me on the spot here. Um, they, they definitely didn't do any uh, in-team scrimmages or anything like that. Uh, you know, some teams face off against other teams during, during practice and kind of lead up to a preseason game. They did not do anything like that. They faced the Chiefs and got beat pretty handily uh, in in the first contest. Uh, they played the Redskins. They do not play the Redskins. I'm I'm uh, checking to see if they play the Chiefs this year. They I know they played them last year. Um, so yeah, I, you know I think I think for the most part it's it's pretty benign and uh, you know what they do in the preseason really isn't uh, indicative of what they're doing. Yeah, I'm looking right now. They don't play the Chiefs. So um, really, pretty much everybody they play, including the Colts, they played them last year. They don't play them in the regular season. Uh, basically, everyone they are seeing in the preseason uh, will not be seen in the regular season. So um, I guess to a certain extent, pretty similar strategy to what Pat Shermer did if that's, uh, if that's how it was laid out. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting the other night because the Giants do play. They played the Bears on Friday, and the Bears didn't play a single starter. And there was one situation in the game where the Giants had a first and goal at the one yard line, and their backup, one of their backup quarterbacks, Alex Tanney, threw an interception on a play that looked kind of odd. And Pat Shermer basically excused the interception. He said, "Basically, I drew that play up on the fly." You know, okay. Basically, I made that play up because I didn't want to show Chicago any of our real goal line plays. And I, I, I found that, well, they got to play them in the regular season. So I just found that kind of, I'm sure it's annoying to, to have, you're trying to get ready for a season and three of your four teams you play are, are on your regular season schedule. But it, it's kind of a long-winded way. I look at the preseason and I think it's broken just with, with, four games that nobody really wants and so many teams not playing starters which they probably shouldn't i mean do, do you kind of look at it the same way that that we do here on this side where it's it's broken and and something's got to be done to change it yeah a bit i mean and, and to your point in, in your example that you just mentioned about pat Shermer, how is that fair to some of these young guys that get this ad lib play drawn up for them and they're trying to make the team and they're trying to make a name for themselves uh, to, to make the final roster. And it's a play that's put together from scratch. They've never practiced it. And then obviously it ends in a disastrous result. So that's not really fair to, to some of these young guys trying to make the team. And obviously they have limited snaps, limited opportunities in these preseason games to make a practice squad bid, make a final roster bid. So to, in that respect, that's kind of uh, that's kind of a bummer to hear that, I guess. But um, I mean, the the quality of the football that's being played is obviously not what you're going to see in September and October, all the way through December. Um, you know, like I mentioned with the Bengals, they had 11 penalties the first two games each. So, and a lot of those came on early series. So things are sloppy. 
a lot of times, you know, sometimes the, the units that you trot out there are partial starters and partial guys that they haven't really been working with. So things, the cohesion and, and things of that nature have not been built and, and obviously the product is not as strong. So to me, I mean, preseason is, is a necessary evil. I don't think it's a four game necessary evil. I think if you go maybe two or three games, uh, then then that may appease uh, all parties but um it, it is a necessary evil especially when you're doing roster evaluations to round out the back end of positional depth charts and, and things of that nature but um yeah it's it's not always the most fun type of football to watch but uh it does kind of get you hyped up for what's what's around the corner i guess well, that it does, and we'll uh, we'll be watching the game Thursday night, and we'll we'll cross our fingers and hope that there aren't any any big injuries, and uh, and we'll see what your uh, what your your starting offensive line looks like with uh, with with John Jerry and, and Bobby Hart. Just amazes me that uh, maybe not so much that those guys have jobs in the league, but basically that they wind up starting on the same offensive line. Just the uh, for for Giants fans, it, it kind of makes us chuckle a little bit, but uh, but nature of uh, of offensive line play in the NFL, I guess everybody's desperate to find some. Yep. So hey, so thank you very much for spending some time with us, and uh, you know, good luck Thursday night. Let's hope nobody gets let's hope nobody gets hurt. And that's uh, the big that's the biggie. Yeah. Right. And, and and we'll and hopefully we'll talk to you guys again. Absolutely. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you. All right, Giants fans, that's our show for tonight. Please uh, make sure that you're following all of our coverage of the game at BigBlueView.com. We'll have uh, all sorts of pregame, in-game, post-game stuff for you. We'll have follow-ups on Friday. And you know, always, as always, please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. All right, Giants fans, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.